This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, league lovers and climate deniers, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Mudge, Cedric has been sump. A.O. torching the blindside blue paper once again. That's the crushing blast of volcanic attack and those sheer grunt and poke of the Sumster camp in the Bludging on the Blindside soundproof cave here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Now, Australia, welcome to another Bludge on Election Day 2022. And that's the only time on this, on my, while I'm alive, that I'll ever say that. Bludge on Election Day 2022. Yes, this is Australia Vote Super Special of the Bludge. It's H.G. Nelson opening the dig on another set of seven. And what a week, what, what a week, what an incredible week. A week when too sport is barely enough now. League freaks, you can feel the buzz, can't you, around the, uh, well, around the nation of Australia as we either open or close, take your pick, uh, a chapter of our sporting history. And last week at Suncorp Magic Round, well, it blew minds. Sure, there were fights, there were big disappointments, people got drunk, there were crowd stinks, etc. But remember, it was a weekend of rugby league where people got away from where they lived, got away from the normal humdrum, let the hair down if they had any hair left, put on their beanies and put in their teeth and off they went and watched rugby league. Most importantly for mine, after when I looked at the results of Magic Round, was the idea that America got a chance to see the stars of the league caper in action. And they must be, all Americans must be licking their lips at the prospect of seeing the human face of bowel cancer, that is the manly sea eagles on Californian turf early in 2023. Remember this great match that's going, rabbits v sea eagles, rabbits v bowel cancer. Anything could happen, I'm telling you that for a fact now. Now, the eagles starred in the magic round in the magic round match of the round. Uh, yes, it was two suburbs, one dream, two states, etc. Fill in the rest yourself. The tune at the end, Broncos, 38, and wait for it, Sea Eagles, nil. Yes, nil. Nada. Zip. Don't argue. Donut. Hard to do it, but they did. It's incredible, isn't it? To think in a magic round, you can have one team gets no points. Anyway, elsewhere in league, as soon as uh, Gus Gould, this is some time ago, maybe about three or four days ago, stepped out of the kennel and bellowed to the assembled pack of reptiles, Barrett, as in Trent Barrett, will be dishing up dog food here long after I've left. And I suddenly knew Trent was cactus. And I wasn't alone. Suddenly the big kennel master was gone with that simple say, he's going to wait, he's going to be here long after I've gone. I knew that was the pack your bags, Trenny, put the plastic chairs away, take them home, throw them in the back of the ute. Now, still with the dogs, sad news that the league sensation Paul Vaughan is now not the type of player needed at the doghouse. I found this impossible to believe. In fact, I think we'll probably be opening the show with a 40 minute, you know, review of the of the Vaughan career and everything he's done for the entertainers. Remember, that's what they were called once the Canterbury Banks down Berries. 
Uh, sad news because funny man Paul and his barbecue provided a place where teammates could relax over a few jars and a nice sausage away from the prying eyes of the rugby league media, who, as it turns out, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs hate the rugby league media, and more on that in a moment. And if the cops ever came knocking to Vaughan's place, there was always a bed to hide under or a cupboard to slip into, and no one knew where you were. So it was just great. Uh, and not every player's back porch is that well-equipped. I mean, they'd all like to be that well-equipped, but they're not. That's just a fact of league. Still with the league, sort of. The burnout derelict bomb hit rubbish dump of the Balmain Leagues Club, which has been an eyesore in the Roselle area for decades, can be now redeveloped as the New South Wales government have all of a sudden said it doesn't know, it no longer needs it. It's surplus to requirements. What a tight fit this will make with the redevelopment of Leichhardt Oval. I'm not sure how many millions are going to be poured into the uh, hole in the ground, formerly known as the Balmain Leagues, uh, but obviously there's going to be apartments, there's going to be a casino, there's going to be, you know, each way nudges and queen on the Niles, wherever you turn, plus a bain-marie. They might even have a, a satay stick or two there if, if you waddle in at certain hours of the day, maybe lamingtons with a cup of tea, etc. while you put something on the last at Ranwick. Uh, anyway, it's going to be great. And then the Oval, you know, remember the toilet's going to be preserved in Perspex, the Rugby League Museum, which we're very bullish about. It's going to be a tight fit and a great, wouldn't it be great if they ran a shuttle bus between both the Oval and the uh, the Leagues Club? I suppose they'll get to that. Now, swimming and teen sensation Kyle Chalmers says he won't be able to lift his arms above his head when he finishes following the black line. He's in real trouble, Kyle. He's preparing for Birmingham and Paris in 2024 and he says he's a 23-year-old. I might have said teen sensation, formerly teen sensation, that should have been. Anyway, Kyle, the 23-year-old, says he feels like 40 and says drinking a cup of coffee is already agony. This is too big a price to pay for golden success. We have to find some other way of getting these people ready for big swims. Because let's face it, like golf shots, you've only got so many big swims in you. I mean, I think it used to be said you had uh, 40,000 shots in golf and after you did that you were just rubbish. Uh, well, it was the same with swimming. You've probably only got about three or four really big swims. And speaking of swimming sensations, Australian idol and swimmer, that's right, idol and swimmer, Cody Simpson plugged into third place in the 100 fly, uh, securing a call up to the Dolphins. Well, almost. Uh, well, almost. Uh, and the Dolphins, I should point out, are our swimming team, not the new rugby league side based in Redcliffe in Brisbane. Uh, but the, unfortunately, this dream that Cody had has now been clobbered by Kyle Chalmers swimming that bit better. And we're not sure how the, well, the selection committee is going to review their times and they'll get back to us eventually. Uh, F1 and Daniel Ricciardo this weekend will wait for it. And this is incredible news. will break the record currently held by the DNF maestro Mark Webber for the number of drives at F1 level. I think it's up to 216. His drive, will, will be his 216th drive uh, this weekend at Barcelona, beautiful circuit Barcelona. Sure, the track's breaking up a little bit and the, the drivers are worried that they'll get too many bumps, but be that as it may, it's still a magnificent circuit. And what a great town Barcelona is. I mean, if you want an F1 anywhere, Barcelona's the place for it. But that's a great record. I don't know how many people listening to this program were listening to Bludge today. I remember the joy that Mark Webber, the DNF maestro, gave us for so many years. You could watch for the first 10 laps and then turn it off, absolutely confident that the Australian title will go no further. I mean, I, th I don't know if he holds the record for the number of DNFs. I I'd like to think somebody listening in Bludgeland would know that and would be able to text in the answer, yay or nay, he does or he doesn't, or he's third on the list or whatever it is. But that would be a great get if somebody could answer that trivia question for him. Does Weber hold the number, the most number of DNF records in F1? Now, 
Mark, whenever he drove, there used to be boot barbecues. People would pull over to the side of the road and they'd open up their boot and you could always get something, you know, by way of a, something wrapped between, well, hot meat and bread. It's a tight fit in Australia. Go to any election polling booth today and you'll find it. Anyway, uh, you know, it was great to think that we're all there with a sausage in hand and Mark driving till he, well, till lap 10. AFL and the GWS Giants sadly fell well a coach with a loss last Sunday. As Leon left, the ro- Leon left, who should roll up in the car park? None other than former Essendon coach James Hurd. And Hurd, he's now got a bit of a gig coaching, uh, assistant coaching with the Giants. Remember the Giants? There's a big, big noise in the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty Giants. You remember them? Well, they're still losing. Uh, we await developments in the AFL coaching ranks with interest. And... Uh, the granny, that's the AFL granny in 2022, will be a traditional 230 bounce. I mean, so relieved about this. I mean, I was on Tender Hawks all week. I didn't know where to look. Sure, the election was dragging their head one way and then will they or won't they? I mean, remember the last couple of years, because of COVID, they've had uh, the, the bounce at a different time. I think once in Brisbane and once in Perth. Uh, I didn't find them offensive in any way, the bouncing the ball at the different times. But Eddie Maguire says the earlier bounce, that's the 230 bounce and not, say, the 430 bounce, will cost the game $250 million. I don't know how he's come to that figure, but that seems to be the figure that everybody's agreed on. Uh, can I point out, incidentally, that uh, I think uh, people organising the AFL have said a twilight start is their term, not mine, nowheresville. Nowheresville. Anyway, uh, Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. Tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up storage of the week's morning action. Remember to step up and have a go on your ScoMo. Uh, if you've got something already, uh, then get in the queue for another go because let's, for Australia's sake, you just need to do that over and over again. It's been so good for so long. Now to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask the man who gave the world the voice of hope to step up to the mic for another spray. The voice is only heard on bludging on the blind side and the voice of hope belongs to rampaging Roy Slavin. Can I say this again before I let this man off the leash? This man does not walk around on eggshells does not walk around on eggshells. And even though everyone in rugby league lies, this man in the caper happens to deliver the truth. Roy, happy rugby league, happy Australia votes day. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion for another week simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick, cyber dude. Yes, thank you very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson. Happy rugby league to yourself and your family. And uh, happy rugby league to uh, all those voting monkey pox free, quiet league loving Aussies out there today. I hate a pox, you know, mm. generally speaking. Mm. You, you end up with, uh, I suppose they'd be pustules oui. all over your body. That's not good. That's not good at all. A, a, a pustule, for those who are a little unsure, is a small eruption of a sack of pus. All over your body? All over your body. Um, and I think that's what the uh, monkey pox delivers, HG, as nearly as I can tell. You might start off, you know, with aching bones, aching limbs, mm-hmm. you know, tired, that sort of thing. Then uh, all of a sudden... Out comes the pus. Out comes... You're just covered, covered everywhere... Everywhere in small erupting pustules. Can you get gorilla pox? I haven't like heard of gorilla bigger, pox. Like would, would they be bigger, 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 bigger pustules? Yeah, or you might go to mega pustules. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which pox Chimpanzee delivers pox? The, delivers the, uh, the, the 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 biggest pustule. I don't know. Someone would know. Someone would know. And is this climate change causing this? I don't know. No. 
Nobody knows enough about it. Right. Monkeypox, where did it come from? Mm. Well, monkeys, obviously. Is this like bird flu? Yes, would yeah, be just the yeah, same. F1N1s? I, I don't know. Uh, right maybe, thing, uh, you way, know, a monkey eats a, a chimp. Oh, sorry, what it is, Joel. A monk, monkey eats a bird. The, the bird's been talking to a bat. You see what I mean? I know. Next I get, thing yeah. you know, yeah. bloke walks past, monkey jumps on him, bites him in the neck. Next thing, pustules. Hate it. I think with chicken pox you get little pustules as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But chicken pox, do we have that still? I don't know if we have it still. Hmm. It's one of the great mysteries, isn't it? Of medicine. Of medicine, yeah. What happened to chicken pox? Or did it just change into something else? I don't know. Now, should Sneezeby get off his smug date over there at nine and actually visit Rab's? Really reach out. Make a decent offer. See what the bloke's thinking. See where his head is. Have a word. Rabs, are you going to be calling the state of origin? Because I can tell you now, I'm telling you now, if Rabs isn't calling, I won't be watching. No. I won't. You know what shocked me was the conversation about Rabs this week which declared him to be an elephant in the room. Yes, how must I mean, that you can talk about pustules and monkeypox and yeah. all that. An elephant in an the elephant room. An elephant in the room. There's no suggestion that Rabs has monkeypox, is there? Not yet. It'll come. I mean, that would be the elephant in the room if Rabs has got monkeypox. I don't think he has. <laughs> no one said anything to me. No, no. The, those great the... shows on television like, 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 you know, Rugby League 360, whatever it is. Yeah. No mention of Rabs, no mention of monkeypox. No. The game from every angle. Ah. Uh. Now, look, there was only one small pogrom sighted in, the, in Brisbane during the Magic Round. Now, one, just one, right? Now, I know there were a lot of people involved, but it was just one small contained pogrom. Now, you had 500 professional rugby league players gathered within a one-kilometre-square space, along with 360,000 fans and nearly three million members of the public, one small pogrom, a miracle. I know. Isn't it incredible? That's it's what they call a magic. It's a miracle. Man. Well done, Rugby League. I know. You know, we criticise... Sure, we criticise the game, of course we do. But every now and again... You've got to say... You've just got to say, hats, hats off. off. Face marks up. Yep. Have a look. Hats off. Pants up, rugby mm. league. Hats off. Now, Mijin Ling, yeah. Minji Lee, sorry, wins the Founders' Cup and is now ranked fourth in the world, which is a fantastic achievement. It's incredible. Incredible. Mm. An incredible win. Keep your eye on Minjin Lee. Mark Hensby is back in the top 1,000. Broke through this week. He's now 993. Any idea where he played? No, or is that no idea. Just the no, shuffling of no. numbers getting worse than him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's don't great. Know. Hensby but number. Hensby is back in the top 1,000. And isn't that a Who great... would have thought 2022 election day we'd be talking Mark Hensby? <laughs> hey? No, I wouldn't. Okay. I, no. wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put oh, no, a bet no, on no, that. No, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have put a bet on that. Yeah. Fact. Zarafa is now calling out Tim Zoo about time. But I would caution Zarafa because Tim Zoo can fight. 
can't he? This is the big problem with this. It's the problem, isn't mm. it? When you call out someone, mm. yeah. you've got to make sure, you, make sure you, you can, can beat them. Yeah. Matthew Mott is to lead the Australian women's cricket team and coach England's white ball team. Meg Lanning said she's gutted. I hope Mott knows what he's doing. Is that the blokes, English blokes? Stokes yes, in that the English blokes, yeah. yeah. That's a decision, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you've got to remember the women's cricket team made Mott. <laughs> I hope you know what you're doing, Mott. Because, uh, you know, I just don't like the look of it. I don't like the look of a... Uh, an Aussie. Australian. Coaching. It's un-Australian. It's un-Australian. Mm, I know. It's totally un-Australian. And, no, and, I know, I know. Globalisation, the world's opened up and all of that sort of thing, but you've got to draw a line in the sand you know, somewhere. You know, standards, you've, got to, standards, you've got to have value, standards value, somewhere. Value. Exactly. Values. Values. Yeah. And, that's and what I'm, I'm telling you now as a fact, Matthew Mott hasn't got them. <laughs> that's he what hasn't t- got Australian values. That's what today's all about. Values. Values. Get out of the bowling booth, get a sausage and yes. express your values. That's right, values. Values. You know. Whenever I've seen Matthew Mott, you know, I've, I thought he was a decent sort of fella. Yeah. You know, I had no issues with him. He was doing a great job. Yeah, got the women. Got the women. It was what, wonderful. Right? Yeah. You know, a marriage made in heaven. What worries me about that, though, is the women are pretty good. They're very good. I'm not Very sure how, good. I'm not sure how much Mott had to do I, with it. Mott is nearly like until Mott had bugger all to do with it. And that's not, I'm not saying anything I haven't said to his face. No, no. I said, I like you a lot, Matthew Mott, but God almighty, you haven't done anything, have you? Have you? Look at me, Mott. What are you looking at, sneeze me? Sit down. Sit down. Put that park, that butt back, that smug butt. Back on the couch. Feel Just got to pick up the phone. Say to one of your staff, what's Rabs' number? You home, Rabs? Happy, happy for someone to drop in? Haven't got monkeypox, have you? Has taunting come to the AFL? Oh, yes. Now, it appears that it has. And Ooh. it's surprising, a surprising uh, chap. It might have been the captain of the Swans. Yeah, Parker. Parker. Yeah. I didn't know Parker was a taunter. No. Taunter Parker. Is he always, always been a taunter? No, no. He's kept that pretty quiet. Right. I but thought he had an Aussie values. Mm. I thought he was part of what I'd call blood's culture. Oh, and no I didn't, dickheads. No dickheads. It was real dickheads. And what was tacit to blood's culture was no taunting. No taunting. No dickheads. No dickheads. No taunting. No, but they somehow have opened the door. So that's all changed in. now, is it? It's, I think it's, it's all changed. They're opening the door. Yeah. Dick, dickheads welcome. Well, when you start losing, you've got to get do something so you get a few dickheads Yeah, in right. Oh, no, I would have read the right act of the bloke. Yep. It's not right because he's the, he's the role model. He sets, he's, the, he's, he sets the tone of the team. And it's, if you walk past it, there it is. There it is. Un-Australian. Yep, totally un-Australian. Mott-esque, I think. Yes, that's the sort of thing you'd expect from Mott. Nick Rewald, he likes it. He likes talking. I know. I know. I can't recall if he was a taunter or not. I don't think he was particularly, was he? Uh, well, not... Rewalt? Yeah, not particularly. I mean, it, this is hard because people, St Kilda people will know... Yes, whether he, you know, whether he was, was a dead-set taunter or not. Yeah, ta- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah he, was, he understood football was show business and so oh. he had a, that aspect to it. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah, a bit of a show pony? 
Uh, many would say showboating. So. Showboating, certainly. Mot yeah. mot style. Mot style, yeah. Okay. Mot esque. Okay. Now the Bathurst Twelve Hour was held last Sunday. God Almighty, this was very poorly published, publicised. Wasn't it? Uh, worse than the Stallwall gift, when you think about it. <laughs> A lot more publicity for the Stallwall than the Bathurst Twelve Hour. Anyway, just see, I, I love the 12-hour. Yeah, who doesn't? You know, it starts in the dark. It starts at about, well, quarter to six in the morning. Yeah. And you drive for 12 hours. I know. You take, you, you, elegant. You, elegant. Got, oh, yeah, terribly elegant. Yeah. Have your first beer at five past six in the morning That's and it. away you go. That's it. Snag for breakfast. Breakfast and, yeah. you know, shout, Lunch. come on, Mercedes, put him. Uh, it was won by uh, Mercedes HG. There were three drivers, um, three in the team. Martin Conrad, whom I don't know, Lucas Stolls, Stoles, yeah. whom I like the sound yeah, of, certainly but I do uh, too. don't know much about him. Can drive. Uh, oh, can drive. Yeah, Bloody hell, must be able to. And uh, Jules Gounon, ah, the the, uh, the fiery Frenchman, the Frenchman with the lead foot. Can I ask the nature of the comp? Is it production cars or is it? Are these yeah, up cars? I think they're hotted up, yeah. sort of but you V8 supercar and... style, but. You can get – they're not just Holdens and Fords, if you don't know. So Volvo it. might be in it. Oh, yeah, Volvo. Yeah. Yeah. Skoda. Yeah, Skoda, you know. probably. Mm. Yeah, probably. Um, and I don't know what sort of crowd it drew. I mean, it was all swamped by magic round, I suppose. I mean, Sadly, the organisers, they, they didn't know what they were doing. Why would you have the 12-hour on magic, during magic round? You could have rocks in your head. I mean, who's the organiser here? Who's clown? It's as if, you know, Sneezeby had something to do with it. Mm, it's possible. Could you see the whole thing on TV? I don't know. Mm. It's like the store gift it was on TV, but I didn't know. No. You didn't know. No, I didn't know the store gift was on I TV. I didn't know the store gift was on. I didn't know Bruce was calling it. No. Man, I'd have watched that. Yeah. I'd yeah. love that. Yeah. And I don't know who normally calls the. Uh, I got no Channel idea. 7 usually does the uh, Bathurst 500, don't they? Yeah, but the. Or is the, it Channel 10? Might be Channel 10. Did Channel 10 do the 12 hour? I don't think so. It's a lot of time on Channel 10. Yeah. They've got so many other great shows. Oh, I know they have. I know they have. But I would have thought at least, you know, the I and the Storm team could have <laughs> gone and done a quick report from Cam. For, say, say for three, nine. Yeah. Or for that 360 show. 360 show. Yeah, yeah. here we are. Here we are. Mm. At the Bathurst. Uh, Zach's Doubly Cook breaks the 200-metre breaststroke world record. It's great, isn't it? This is he's, this bloke can swim. I oh, know he can. He can. He's, he's serious. A, he's a serious swimmer. Very serious. Yeah. Man. I mean, we, we do Discipline. have. We're, we're blessed with a wonderful generation of swimmers at the moment. But but uh, Stubbley Cook has certainly put his hand yeah. up. He's just a little bit higher over the parapet, isn't he, than everybody else? Well, Ariana Titmus is up there. Oh, and, he, and you know, uh, McKeon. Emma McKeon. She's Emma there McKeon. as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got three greats through there, haven't we? At the moment. Uh. Not to mention Kyle and Cody, but we might get to them later. They're, they're potentially greats. Uh, Jack Nicholas says he turned down a $100 million offer to head the exciting Saudi golf, golf concept that, uh, that the Shark's taken on. I'll tell you what, uh, the, shark, the Shark wouldn't have been given an offer like that. The, the Shark wouldn't pick up the phone for a piddling $100 million. He no, wouldn't. That's true. He wouldn't. That's true. How embarrassing to... To, to, for Jack, to offer Jack a measly oh, no. hundred million. Oh, no, you kidding me? Pathetic. It's pathetic. Yeah. Pathetic. I oh, know. You know? 
Yeah. That is what's happened. Yeah. Well, the shark is now being described as being, um, by some commentators, as being an absolute disgrace. Is that right? That's true. By the man who... You know, not the man who made an absolute disgrace... Yeah, popular. Popular. <laughs> but just coincidentally. Yeah. And I think he's... But, but if I was to put words into the man who made it popular, I think he would agree that mm. at the moment the shark has been an absolute disgrace. Mm-hmm. Disgrace. Mm. What he's doing doesn't pass muster. No. doesn't. It's monkey poxed. Yeah, it is monkey. Oh, has shark got monkey pox? I think so. Is he covered in pustules? <laughs> yes, he can't go outside Well, he is anymore. covered in pustules, but whether it's mo- that particular pox, we don't know. No, that's right. Might be a different sort of shark pox. Mm. Now, Mick Potter, could it work? Could it work? Well, didn't work last night, did no, it? No, no. But then again, a bit early, so you only had him for an hour. You know, you need more time than that yeah. to, to bring a team round to your way of thinking. And he lost Naden and he you did. Know, a few other interruptions he like did. that. He did. Born a bit and he sulky. Had, and he had Gus staring at the yeah, back of his head. And a couple of players were down with pustles. Were they? Yeah, they were. Monkey pox? Yeah, the pox went oh, through his team God. like a dose God, of salt. no. Bloody hell. Now, Bellamy is to stay with the storm for at least another year. Now, this might stop Munster becoming a dolphin a dog or a bronco. Wow. Make it up what you will. Fashion comes and goes. Pop comes and goes. What comes, goes. Not Rugby League. Rugby League just comes. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Okay, and an update on the broken jaw, Roy? Well, someone suggesting it was John Bucknell that... Uh, clocked him. Clocked. Sats. Yeah, mm-hmm. in 1971, not 1970. Oh, okay. okay. So, okay. Well, well, the song started an avalanche of interest. It has, hasn't it? Now, he played with the broken jaw. Yes. Uh, but... Hanging loosely. Right, mm. right. Did people know at the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think so. It was pretty, pretty obvious. Frank Hyde or whoever was calling yeah, at that time yeah. said, oh, he's got a broken jaw. He's got jaw. a broken jaw, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But in those days, actually, you didn't come off or anything like that. No, you didn't. You certainly did not. No. Now, just uh, on the Naden incident, mm. it says here a desire to play centre, not uh, Trent Barrett's departure as the Bulldogs coach, is the main reason behind Naden's stunning mid-season switch to the West Tigers. I find this really strange, you know, that you can have a contract, mm. which written into the contract yeah. is if I get a chance to play centre... Mm. I'm going to take it and you... Well, I suppose it's up to your manager to uh, put Nick. certain caveats on the contract, HG. You know, some of these uh, some of these managers are very smart. You know, your Coda Nasser types. You know, I think Braithen Nasser might be a manager now mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're pretty cunning. You know, they'll come up with all sorts of wheezes. Yeah, we agree to stay at the Bulldogs as long as Trent's there. And, but... If the should. opportunity should come from another club to offer me the role of centre, I'll take it. Of course, the great example of this is SBW, Sonny Bill, again at the Dogs. Mm-hmm. I think that, you think well, that's the, right. He, he joined the Dogs and then walked out the next day, didn't he, or something like that, and joined Easts, might have been. Did he go back to Easts? I, think I can't help you here, but that sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right. Mm. Uh, so He just didn't like the Dogs' setup. The Dogs' culture? Yeah, dog culture. Mm. Not enough... Well, they were the family club, remember? The then they were the entertainers. Yeah. Now, uh, still with the dogs. Still, they were touched by Terry Lamb, weren't they? They, 
And they had Hopper there for a while. That they weren't the family club anymore. No, that's true. They were sort of more pustulous. <laughs> now, <laughs> now the Bulldogs prop Paul Vaughan reckons rugby league reporters are the worst kind of people. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What grubs? <laughs> Is that what he means? I think that's what he meant. Grub In- types. Uh, now, what your Paul Kent types of grubs? Yeah, is that what he's saying? Buzz Rossfield, yeah, the worst kind of people. Now, the chief sports writer in the Nine newspaper says, in some instances, he's probably right. There's a few I wouldn't spit on if they were on fire. Now, that's a big Whoa. call. That is a big call. That is a big call. There's a few I wouldn't spit on if they were on fire. These are rugby league journalists they're rugby talking about. Journalists. <laughs> Sadly, there's no names. Right. But uh, I could probably flesh out a few for you if you wanted me to. No. Right. You know. Well, set fire to them, see if I'll gobble them. Is that what you mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be proven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Now, I don't know where this gets right. us, but remember this is the same writer who said, uh, you know, everybody lies in rugby league, including yeah. me, which well, is fair enough. Yeah. Well, sometimes you accidentally lie. Like a, a minute ago, we, we said, said we, we, we got it correct. Corrected to 1971. Well, it was 70, as we thought, originally. Oh, Lord. But you do things accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yet Vaughan, this is the senior uh, chief sports reporter, uh, sorry, chief sports writer again, yet Vaughan is the worst kind of footballer, the player who blames everyone for the demise of his team and his own crumbling career, crumbling career, is the kind of player the Bulldogs need to weed out if they're going to rebuild under the new coach, whoever that brave soul turns out to be. Well, in the short, short term, it's Mick Potter. Mick Potter, yeah. Is Mick Potter prepared to weed out? I think he'd weed. Yeah, he'd weed. Given an opportunity, he'd weed. He'd have yeah. to consult with Gus, of course. Yeah. Gus, can we use the roundup on this player? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. Get the trowel. We're going deep. Get, get it out by the roots. Mm-hmm. Now, where this goes all over the place is... This same writer says the Dragons have made some dumb calls in recent years, but tearing up Vaughan's contract was the smartest. Right. That's hard to imagine at the Dragons mm. that their best yeah. idea was to was tear, to up, tear Vaughan's up Vaughan's contract. contract. Yeah. Anyway, they were furious about his selfish decision to host a barbecue for half the team in the local government area in lockdown. Oh, that's right. It was well reported here. That's right. But people say, sorry, players were scurrying and hiding under beds and stuff. As like the that, cops game. As the cops game. Now, mm. look, this thing. To, there's nothing particularly wrong with Vaughan snarling at the assembled media. There were a number camped out the kennel the other day, waiting for news about what was going to happen. Mm. Most of the journalists have been called far worse. It goes to the territory. But lashing out at people who have had zero influence on his side's diabolical performances in the past few seasons speaks to a culture where everyone's to blame for on-field performance except those who are on the field. Mm. But that's common in rugby league, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a culture that uh, not found at the Panthers, Storm or Roosters. Mm. You won't find it at Reborn Sharks. You won't even find it at the Dragons where the players follow Ben Hunt's lead, etc. Mm. Now, is Vaughan... Yeah. The sort of player you could build a side around because he does have certain sort of enthusiasms. He does. He uh, does. And it's sort of a black-hatted view of life, I think, uh, you know, meaning, you know, mm. let's get. Well, I think the dogs have got to um, examine what their culture is. Correct. That, see, at the moment the dogs are a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got someone whispering in your ear saying, you know, be, be the family club again. Well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. You know, um, someone else saying, well, shouldn't you be the entertainers again? Vaughan, step forward. Step forward. So should that be the direction they're going in, to become the entertainers again? Well, sadly, the age may 
defeat yeah. Vaughan and the barbecue. Sure. But, but I mean, I think Vaughan's instinct is right to have the blokes around for a barbecue. I mean, that, that's, you know, for bonding, that, that's a oh, terrific you know, idea. And, and, you know, it, it gives it an extra sort of flavour if you know you're breaking the law. Australians, do you want to become a rugby league referee? You're shocked your parents won't speak to you and now you don't know where to turn. Well, help is available. Keep listening to Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, uh, Roy, just uh, developing an idea or two uh, in a slightly different direction. Mm. But you mentioned already uh, NRL 360, the Fox League's flagship show. It's got you a know, new host. I, I, it's got a new host, yeah. has it? Yeah. Who was hosting it? Was it, uh, I want to say, uh, Yvonne Sampson? It was Yvonne Sampson. Yes. And now the new host is Braithen Astor. No way. Yeah, Braithen Astor. And he. The agent. The player agent. The player agent and now host one of the biggest jobs in uh, rugby league show business. Is it? It's described as here. It's something I don't think I'll ever get over, he says. The night before an Astor had been sitting under a, a bank of bright lights as the new host of Fox League's flagship show, NRL 360. Right. A third away in, it was, he, he, third of the way into the first, his first season in, uh, well, he's now in the, the hottest seat in rugby league. Yes. Oh, the pressure. The pressure's Did you talk about the pressure? He did. Right. He, he said, um, I've dreamt about this. Yes, well, everyone does, <laughs> don't they? Everyone has it just in your pocket, that little dream, yeah. that little bat, that the batten in your pocket. spotlight of rugby league yes. show business will fall on you. One and day. So step on down. Bro. The call will come through from, from a Sneezeby type <laughs> saying, how would you like to host? Rugby League 360. Yes. Yes! Count me in. Ooh. Now, he Ugh. says he says um, in the, this in-depth article, mm. uh, the statement is met with surprise given an Athens rugby, rugby league career resembled a boyhood fantasy. Well, that's not quite right, I don't think. Yeah. I reminded you of a number of nights when uh, mm. the uh, Origin team played like a team with Braith and Astor in them. That, that's surprise, true. Surprise, surprise, he was. Yes. Now, Absolutely. He said, I go home and stand in front of the mirror and say, hello and welcome to tonight's show. I'm Braithen Astor. Well, he says that in the mirror. He's been practising. That's not true. He didn't say that, did he? Well. Did the... he? That, who wrote that? Well, What I... grub wrote that? Indeed. What, what clown wrote this? It's yeah, story. trying to set him up. David Riccio. Don't know. Riccio. Anyway, that's beautiful, isn't it? So, kids, yeah. if you want to become... Braith, then just stand in front of the mirror and say, hello, welcome to tonight's show, I'm Braith and Astor. Wow. I did that for years while I was playing. No wonder. What, saying that in front of the mirror? Mm. No wonder. Hang <laughs> on. Now, Hang can... on. Was, was this show going when Braith was playing? Rugby League 360? Um, I don't think it's that I old. I don't think so, but people will know. Unless he I... dreamt up the show, unless he it was his idea. Yeah, but there would have been other shows. Yeah, I know, but, 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 what he, time but why would he be saying in the mirror as a player, hello, everyone, and welcome to Rugby League 360 on Braith and Astor? Why would he say that? He, uh, he, I tell you what, as a fact, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. We need to edit the quote. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's show. I'm Braith and Astor. I'm Braith and Astor, right. Now, footy and, uh, sorry, uh, uh, I was thinking Fatty. I had to oh, Fatty, yeah. Fatty would have been on TV with his oh, yeah, the footy Thursday show. night when he, Braith was playing. Yeah, Braith would have wanted to do the footy yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Host that. Well, that would be, 
Hello, Hello everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Footy, footy show. show. I'm Brayton Asker. Now, that's more likely to be the truth. True. Now, I did that for years while I was playing. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. Anyway, must have been a bit, bit wearing on the players. The other, <laughs> the other. Come 12. on, mate. We're on. Get out of there. Yeah, that's right. Pants up. Let's go. I have this weird knack and have had done for years where I know every journalist that comes on TV because I have a fascination with that part of the game. Every journalist who comes on TV. He has a fascination with what? That part of the game, you know, reporting. Reporting? Yeah. Right. amazing? I had no idea. I'll look at anyone on does TV. He, does he represent journos? Does he? Well, you mean does he a player do agent? Yeah. Well, he probably does. I look at anyone on TV and study how they present themselves. Good. From the early footy show days of Sturlow, that's Peter Sterling, yeah. and the sport panel shows with Gus Gould, Kenny Sutcliffe, Graham Hughes, to even working with James Bracey at Sky News, I take a lot from them all. Right. Now, that is a big call. It is, isn't it? Because they're just talking about the same thing. Right yes. Now, sure, you can alter the tie. Sure. You hardly see them move. They sit. They mm. don't, uh, you know. But he's looking at stuff that we, we, yeah, true, we true, don't know true. what he's. No, I accept that. You know, we're not, we're not. We're, we're, we're not. I, I've got to be honest, I've never said hello everyone, no. welcome to the footy show, my name's Brayton Astor, no. or something similar, ever. You haven't, I know you haven't, I know, and you'd struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would. I certainly would. You know, a lot of people think it's easy. Start! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> people do think it's easy. People think they look at those people on television and think, you know, God, I could do that, I've yeah. got a dream. And well, you can't, you I couldn't. Know, I know. Well, he says... You've got to imagine the glare. The, the red light comes on. I know. The and then you're on. I know. And then the red light goes off and it comes yeah. on again. Yeah, that's right. And then it you're does on the same again. Yeah, I know. Again. And you've got to think of something to say on the yeah. time. Not like radio. We can sit here just and put the mics on at the start of the two hours and stop. <laughs> no. Now, I didn't think I'd get a chance to do it. But I knew that if I got a shot, I was confident that I could sustain it and do a good job. Good. Now the first line of 360 is ingrained into me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to NRL 360, Rugby League from every angle. Well, he's added that, has he? That's the new show. That's the new show. He practised with no idea of what the show would be called. Right. Do you know what I mean? You're just the oh, dream. yeah, I the know dream. that. The I dream, the dream, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a few lines here, I'm going to say them. Yeah. Now reality cuts in. Mm. So he says, hello, hello, welcome to NRL 360 Rugby League from every angle. Now, there's not much you can do with that line, really, is there? Not really. I mean, Just make people feel warm and welcome. You know, great. And you lean forward a little bit. Can I say, mm-hmm. most of the time I think people would be changing channel. <laughs> well, there's that. Is there any talk of Yvonne Sampson coming back? <laughs> Rugby League supports NATO, the CSIRO, the ANZUS Pact and the World Health Organisation. No other sport has made such a commitment. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side on Australia Votes in 2022. Now, uh, just looking at some of the comments concerning Braith's performance, Mm -hmm. as the footy season and its customary controversy edges towards winter, even Anasta's harshest critics. Who who might they be? I've got no there idea. There were plenty of critics as, of him as a player. Yeah. Well, the majority of the league The majority world. of the league world. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. And he didn't mind that. Mm. He, anyway, so his harshest critics, mm. and there have been many according to this article, wouldn't deny he's made a classy transition from expert commentator to 360 anchor. How hard is that? Mm. 
Uh, you've been you've watched these shows for many, many sure. years now and seen some duds. Yep. But to make the shift from the right hand edge into the centre chair yeah, yeah. is a big move, isn't That's it? Huge. It's huge. It's huge, HG. It's huge. You know, looking at it from from Braith's point of view, um, Braith has been terrific on that show for a long time as an expert mm-hmm. with people asking him questions. You know, Braith, what did you think of that? Or mm-hmm. Braith, what, in your day, what would you have done did here? The right did the ref get it right? Did the ref get it right? But now Braith's got to think of the questions. So he's got to say, well, what sort of questions would I like to be asked myself? You know, that's the way Braith would think, I'm pretty sure. So Braith would sit down and think, well, what would Braith like to be asked tonight? And I'll ask it. Okay. And would you think a question like, did the ref get it right <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, something would like be that. the sort of thing. Something or, like that. You know, it's half time. Yeah. Can the dogs get back into this? Yes. And yes. then maybe uh, there'd be a topical controversy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a topic of uh, controversy. Sure. Like, uh, you know, is uh, Gus oh, yeah. still doing a good job at the dogs? Yeah. That's a really hard-hitting questions like that. Mm-hmm. Two, it's got to look at the – read the eyes. You've got to read the room. Yes. Because let's say Cam's there. Yeah. Cam oh. <laughs> yeah, see, it might let Cam run a bit. Yeah. JT might be there, Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, you know, Billy Paul, Slater yeah. might pop in for a bit. Special guest might be a special guest from, yeah. you know, might be Paul Vaughan. Right, Which would right. be great. I'd love to see Brave Look, Pro. I, I've never seen the show. I wish I had. I, I just haven't. But I always imagined it was talking to journalists. Ah, right, yes. I might be wrong here, but you get someone like Paul Kent, who's always happy to go with controversy. Hmm. So Braith would say to me, well, Paul, how are the dogs looking this week? Well, the dogs are shot. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've heard, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I know Gus has, uh, you know, got uh, put, in some new, put in some new underfloor heating in the toilet. And suddenly it's yeah, on. Suddenly, you, you know. Yeah, everybody's Braith's got to run with this. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's right. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, it means the dogs are finished. Does it? Oh, well, we'll be back after the next break, something like okay. that. Okay. So <laughs> so then then the plaudits come in. He's polished and well prepared and Astro's re- revelled in promoting, at times needling the show's guests before calling on them to dissect the game's biggest issues. Oh, he needles them. Yeah, he needles them. He taunts. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, he taunts. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Paul Kent. Paul, gee, Paul, you're looking stupid tonight. <laughs> Is that it? I think that's the announcement <laughs> break. Right, good. He asks only for honest answers and opinions, pushing the show's regular journalists, journalists and guests to tell the fans the truth behind the spin. Ah, Whoa! Right. Very big call. Right. He readily pushes back against the opposite uh, in the 360 mainstay, Paul Kent, while controlling the energy temperature of the show, right. much as he did on the football field as a 5'8 for the Bulldogs, Sydney Roosters and West Tigers. Oh, Lord, well, I, hope I hope not. I hope not. I honestly hope not. God. Yvonne, where are you? Mm. No, that's just wrong. <laughs> it's this, wrong. This person's never seen that's a video. No. Nah. Uh, you know, a tape of him playing or a you know, nah. no, download no, no, of no. him playing. No. no. Uh, now, did you worry that um, the number of clubs there, he was, uh, with the entertainers obviously, then went over to the foul house mm. and ended up in uh, Leichhardt Oval? Yeah. Do you think there was something... Well, well, he was a he was a square peg looking for a, exactly. a square hole, yeah. and he never found it. They were always round. Mm. <laughs> and Weren't they? is there something could and, there ja- might, and, and that might be happening here too? I, I mean, I don't know. 
Is he fitting in all that well at uh, Rugby League 360 or whatever it's the called? The game from every angle. The game from every that angle. Show. Yeah. yeah. Is um, he fitting in? I think. He's I mean, why him. the need for this puff piece in this newspaper? Well, why? The, the trouble is, can I just yes. can I just back up a bit? Mm. The headline on the article is "Pain Behind the Passion." Oh, and, pain behind the passion. And that, oh, you, I get you know, pustules okay. obviously hard to yep. sit down, hemorrhoids, sure. all these sort of things. You know, I mean. Well, I, that's the last thing that show needs. Bloody monkeypox. That, that, that would finish it off, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you think we need more, more people in rugby league media, I suppose, is the what we – is that something that people should be thinking to get into? If I they're think leaving so. School? Yes, I, I think agree. so. I, I, the pool is too small. It and is. It's, it, it's, is. It's, it is. And it's unhealthy. Mm. It's it unhealthy, isn't it? Ricochets around, yeah, yeah, seeing yeah, the same yeah, old yeah. faces That's all the right. time. Chinese whispers yeah, going through, right. you know, and all of a sudden you've got they've to all got their own new, agendas. Yeah, agendas. You've got to find something new. Got some to find, yeah. How can we pull ahead this week? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly, let's make exactly. up something really stupid. Yeah, you know, yeah. Willie Mason's coming back to the dogs as coach. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do it. Is that true? And then, oh, not a bad idea. What a good idea. Has anyone thought of that? The International Panel on Climate Change has released startling evidence that suggests rugby league is the best spot for the environment. The panel believes all nations should establish a rugby league competition. This simple fact is known by all Australians listening to bludging on the blind side. Yes, welcome back, bludgers. Uh, another hour of bludging on the blind side to go on election day. Remember, of course, if you miss the show because you might have to go out and vote or something like that and you may be thinking, well, what am I going to do? You know, I'm going to have to set off and go and vote now because then I've got to go to sport. Well, remember, the podcast is your friend here and the podcast is available on, from ABC Grandstand not long after we, in fact, finish uh, the regular broadcast. Now, if you want to get in touch with the show, the text number is 0467 920 or the old-fashioned way, Roy and HG at abc.net.au, Roy and HG at abc.net.au, and the following people have. Roy. Yes, just on the text, HG, yes, from Forbes has come a text. Thanks for reporting on Braith and Astor's love of media presentation. It now makes it clear where his head was when he was playing out his latter years at West Tigers. Instead of directing the team around the park, he was dreaming of his opening lines as an anchor of NRL 360. That's yes, a telling comment, that is a it? telling comment, Gee, isn't it? The, the I hope that's not right. I mean, I don't, I'm, not in the, I'm not in the business of talking breath down. No, I'm not. I'm, I know you're not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just describing how difficult it is to become to become an anchor. Exactly. When you've been a player, a player, and what you have the the difficult pathway. Yeah. I mean, Braith has pioneered a pathway. I mean, sure, you can say, you know, Fatty and Sturlow did it all those years they ago. Did. They didn't. They didn't because the pressures on them were nothing. They had just fun. Yeah. They just had fun. They did japes. You know. Can you change a tyre on a car? Well, that's, that's right. It was an entertaining show. Yeah. It, it wasn't serious. Comment. Comment. Now, the Braith and Astor 360 show... Is hardcore. Is hardcore, very serious rugby, rugby league, league analysis. It's, it's not in the business of, of trying to entertain people. No. It's no. trying to educate people. That's right. And I make the distinction between news... An analysis. An analysis, analysis yeah. is much harder than news. It is. You know, the car fell off the jack. That's news. Yes. But why it fell off the jack, who's implicated, who should be exactly, exactly. is the problem of his joke. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now, what have you got there? 
Half a more uh, all right. I'm just wondering where to begin, HG. Um, good mailbag this week? Yeah, very good. Dom's been in touch. Dom says, um, I recently happened upon an interview with a retired policeman who was part of a 1989 side of Auckland police yes. who challenged the South Auckland outlaw motorcycle gang Black Power to a game of rugby league. I, I remembered this, I think. Yes. We might have talked three. about yeah. it. He described the match as, quote, the cleanest game of rugby league ever played. <laughs> Self-policed. With the only send-off being from the police. Yeah, that'd be right. Uh, do you think this common sense approach to law enforcement should be applied closer to home rather than pursuing costly and lengthy prosecutions through the overburdened court system? Should the newly created strike force Erebus not be asking various families, crime families in the West of Sydney to form, ask them to form rugby league teams and face a trial by rugby league. Well, I've, we've said that for years. For years. Yeah, but for decades in for fact. For decades, mm. yes. We've, mm. we've always felt that rugby league... Could sort out a lot of problems in society. Well, yes. If the poultice was applied... It's a poultice. Applied appropriately. It is yes, a poultice. I agree. That's exactly... It mm. absorbs the... Look, if... If it absorbs, got, if you've got covered in pustules, you need a poultice. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, the rug, you know, This has come from James. He says the Rugby League Bank ah, yes. needs only two letters to take over the Reserve Bank. The Rugby Bank is able to directly finance the infrastructure desperately required to drive up real wages by building rural and regional stadia with, with thousands of toilets and tiered car parking for 25,000 cars at each major hub, including Orange, Shepparton, Toowoomba, Port Macquarie and Broken Hill, linked by a very fast train to each stadia, which during the week can also move freight from regions to the city and ports on the east coast. Gee, that's a great infrastructure rugby league it nexus. Is. Yep, yep. He goes on <clears> about <throat> the implications for... Um, for foreign, growth? foreign policy and growth yeah, throughout yeah. The, the South Pacific and uh, the the ring of rugby league that would uh, the ring of rugby league the ring of rugby league that's just fantastic. Uh, this has come from Tony. He says, "Gentlemen, I'm inspired by the ideas of your bludging con con contributors in recent weeks on all matters concerning museum exhibits." Oh, yeah. Excavations, skeletal remains, and organ donations from former and current Rugby League Hall of Fame immortals. Yes, yes. The museum discussions remind me of the great Farlap, whose remains oh, yeah. are spread across the Southern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. His mounted hide went to the Museum of Victoria in Melbourne, the skeleton to the National Museum of New Zealand in Wellington, and its heart proudly on display at the National Museum in Canberra. Imagine the billions of dollars that could be injected into rural and regional community econo economies if current or soon-to-be immortals bequeath their body parts to local museums across Australia in places like Longreach, Shepparton and Oberon. It's a great idea, but who's, who, who does he or she have in mind? Oh, well, if you build more museums, they will come. Yeah, no, I understand. Tourists that. would flock from all parts of Australia to pay whatever admission to see the brain of Cam Hooker with a Whistle Smith <laughs> on display at Watsford Oval or at the already established Lithgow Small Arms Factory Museum. I suspect Cam's brain would closely resemble the shape of a miniature student football. As Roy so often says, Cam was blessed with a football brain at that very moment of conception, and that's true. The moment of conception. I know, it's hard. That's when a football brain is it's created. It's formed, yeah. 
Or how about Paul Gallen's brain, resembling a combination com- combination dish of scrambled eggs and mashed potato, mounted or slumped on a stool? Whoa, or that's da- art. Or Darren Lockyer's larynx, or whatever's left of it. Mm-hmm. Why stop at exhibiting immortal remains? Why not include in that exhibit collection that very first check to be issued by the student to be established rugby league bank? Well, that's obviously got to go in That's got to go in yeah, there, of course, of course. And the customer? Now... This has come from Clinton. Clinton said he's concerned that our man Sneesby... Ah, yeah, Channel 10. Oh, sorry, Channel, Channel 9. 9. Sorry, he's got two jobs. Is Sneesby going yeah, to 10? Yeah, 10. That's what I've heard. Whoa! That they, is news. They're playing he big didn't have sport. He didn't have his feet under the bloody desk long at 9, did he? No, he just got a job Good to find... Good riddance! And he just got a job to find another job. <laughs> I'm concerned that uh, Sneesby is not taking the eye of the storm seriously. What?! I see Eye of the Storm not so much as a show but as a platform akin to the Star Wars, Marvel or Fast and Furious franchises. Who doesn't? Consider for starters high-rating pre- and post-show offerings such as The Calm Before the Storm, hosted by, say, Billy Slater, and The Aftermath of the Storm, hosted by, say, Glenn Lazarus. Think of these other genre blockbusters. Gangster, Under Bellamy. Thriller, The Star Chambers. Rom-com, Meet the Cronks. Meet the Cronks. Meet the Cronks. There's a show. There's a show. And children's television, The Munsters. <laughs> the constant <coughs> possibilities are endless, mm. let alone the logical step of a global standalone streaming service platform. I can only surmise that nine execs are walking on eggshells around the sneeze and are too afraid to raise the subject. Why is the sneeze so vehemently opposed to this cash cow and what can be done to bring this to the market? Well, I tell you what, Channel 10 might pick it up. Well, maybe maybe the problem is, you know, we've seen Sneesby as, you know, overwhelmed by inertia because of the, you know, yeah. obviously the problems at nine. Sure. Maybe he's been given a lifeline, thrown a lifeline by the people at 10. Now, am I right in thinking 10's owned by Paramount? Oh. And Paramount are very keen to get involved in sport. Yeah. Uh, sporting act. You know, sort of acquisitions. And and like the stall gift. And <laughs> yes. The Bathurst 2012 right. hour and that's sort of That's stuff. right. That sort of high quality, <laughs> big in demand shows like that. <laughs> but then package around it oh, okay. the shows you're talking about. Ah. Yeah, I, Meet I, the I Cronks. The meet the Cronks. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I want to see. That's the one I want to watch. It's funny. Yeah, funny. 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 Cronks. Name says it all. Yeah. Now, Simon's been in touch. He says, you've taught me all I know about rugby league over the years. I might, uh, I thought I might be able to give something back in return. Yeah, good, good. Last week I attended a humanities conference in Adelaide with the theme of Our Shared Place and was unable to listen directly to your show. However, I took the opportunity of listening to the podcast and my ears were pricked by the idea of the Leichhardt Oval toilets being retained as it directly related to one of the sessions that I attended at the conference, this being source analysis. Our shared place... Yeah. Sounds like a fascinating conference. Our shared place, source analysis and Leichhardt's historical toilets seem to fit hand in glove. The basic questions would be quickly answered about any photographs uh, of the toilets, i.e. who created the source, when was the source created, why was the source created, is it a primary or secondary source? These are the photographs. 
Now, hang on, wait a minute. But it's the higher order thinking that has me most interested. Okay. For instance, what is missing from this source? What is similar between the Leichhardt toilets and other toilets of the time? And what is different between the Leichhardt toilets and those of today? I'll leave it to you to provide some analysis of these questions as your show has had various discussions around flush at first sight. I think he means love at first flush. <laughs> he uh, does. The panel beating player who showered over a oh, toilet. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. And Stomp's mm. lucky toilet. <laughs> Toilets are a shared place. And with so much history, what student wouldn't be interested in the history mystery that are rugby league toilets? With every year level, uh, sorry, with every year level of history student uh, required to complete source analysis questions in the curriculum, I believe the Leichhardt toilets and rugby league have so much to offer. I don't understand some of the terms here. No. As in... No. uh, Well, see, if you're looking at an old photograph, you've got to ask yourself... Who created the photograph? Why was it taken? Uh, is it a primary or secondary source? Like, is this a photograph of a photograph or is this the original photograph? No, no, I, I, I sort of get that, but to what point? To what point? Does this make it more interesting or less interesting? Or if you know that, uh, let's say, oh, I don't know, Helmut Newton took the photograph of the dunny, yes. but that makes it sort of more, what, more important? The dunny or the photograph? Well, good question. If Helmut Newton was taking it, the photograph it would have some artistic elements that we were exploring, because he wouldn't be just doing a historical. Okay. He'd he'd be pushing a point of view. Now we. He'd be shaping your attitude towards the toilets by the angle. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. I understand that. The tacit irony. In the exposure he used. The tacit irony <laughs> in the exposure. I love it. Now, we get to the thing is you look at the toilet, earthenware pipes. Immediately yeah. dates the toilet. Does. Immediately puts Does. the toilet. Does. It might be, let's say, Does. you'd have to look it up. Yes. Earthenware to- uh, pipes used yeah. in Dunnies from 1930 to, say, 1979. Mm-hmm. That may be wrong. That may be just a yeah. starting point. Yep. Then, is that significant? I it, suppose it is. To I plumbing it is. students? So, when was Leichhardt Oval toilets, when were they officially opened? Well, I've got no idea. I've we, got no idea we'd at have all. To go find. We'd have to find a source. Yeah. So this is a way of looking at things yeah. that we're talking about here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I assume this conference in uh, Adelaide was all over this, our shared place, how we examine our shared place, who created the source, when was the source created? 1907. But these are rules invented to... Why was the source created? So people could take a dump. Yeah, yeah. So it's a way of solving the problems of history or a way of looking at history. Yeah, no, no, I get that. And, and way asking of looking pretty at basic questions. What yeah. are we looking at here? Hmm. A photograph of a toilet. Okay, hmm. who took the photograph? Helmut Newton. <laughs> who wrote about it? Joe yeah. Didion. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so all of a sudden you're starting to get... A collision of ideas. Yeah. Why was Newton interested in that particular Yeah, toilet? that's right. That's right. What a good that's, question. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. Changer dumped there once yeah. or, you know, Chook, you know. Oh, he, well, he would have. Yeah, he dumped everywhere. Yeah. But then this has only come up because, this has only come up because yeah. toilets yes. have become currency in rebuilding and preserving rugby league history, that's question right. mark. Yes. Hmm. Well. Now. Come on, top Tony, Tony's, uh, Tony's been in touch and I'll, I'll just take a section. He's, he's quoting here 
He's got a lot of stuff he'd like to see in the Rugby League Museum. Yeah, But good. a lot of people do. Yeah, you know? they love it. It's a very it. personal thing. Yeah. Um, so much better than a train. Yeah. He says he'd like to include Ian Head's Daily Telegraph article on the inaugural winners of the AMCO Cup in 1974, Western Division. <laughs> the yeah. giant killers of the competition of that year, coached by ex-Dragons international Johnny King. Mm-hmm. And captained by Paul Dowling, a, Bla- a Bathurst policeman. Mm-hmm. A young Terry Fay, uh, also known as the Redfin Express, played on the wing for Western Division before he transferred to the Bunnies. TV Ted Ellery was, was the star of this motley crew of Cinderella's. Now, quoting from Heads' article. Heads, the professor, yeah, Heads. Yeah. He says, Ted, a knockabout miner from Lithgow, did more than any other individual to put the AMCO Cup on the map. Wow. TV Ted was the on-field hero, a baldy second rower or winger used off the bench. Ted would take the field with gusto, unleashing mighty charges, the floodlits dazzled off his bald pate. He became the talk of the town. Off the field, his fame lay in his ability to do uncanny farmyard animal impersonations. (laughs) that he would unleash in unlikely places, including restaurants, clubs, buses, airport lounges and toilets. Isn't that great? Isn't that fantastic? Can you remember that player? Vaguely, yes. I I remember the romance of the Western Division beating the city teams Mm -hmm. because the Ampo Cup was a knockout competition. Yeah, yeah. Um, And they... uh, Went around and took on all comers. And they they won it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now, just finally, I think, HG, um, happy rugby league gents. In last week's episode, my ears pricked up when you mentioned that you were unaware of any NRL referees that had done time in jail. And that's true. I'm completely unaware. Did we actually talk about this? We did. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's time for the NRL to fund a program for our jailbound brothers who struggle for, to control their urges to learn to become NRL referees? Well, that's underway. Yeah. Uh, I think this would help those jailbirds build resistance, blah, 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 blah. Now, I assume if you are in stir, you can do a, a course, course. In rugby league in referee. In rugby league referee. And of course I think, you can. I think in certain jails you're let out on the weekend to referee matches. Is that right? Yeah. That In fact, there's a, I'm pretty sure it's a pathway, as we right. call it, pathway, back yeah. to civilised society yes. or unjailed yes. society. And rugby league is leading the way here in getting referees well, work yes. and gainful employment on the outside. Well, that is a wonderful story. Mm. That's win-win. Mm. That's rugby league and the community working together, working together to, to generate something more than the sum of its parts. Perfect. 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 I thought you were going to say he was going to list off a few people who were <laughs> learnt to be referees in jail. Oh, no, no, no. no it was no, just no, an no. idea. No, he's, he's, he's just, you know, rocking and rolling with it. But uh, marvellous correspondence this week, HG. What sport has done more to promote the decent, genuine, hard-working Aussie spirit more than any other comparable code in recorded history? Rugby League. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, talking of umpires, which we were because we were talking about, you know, learning how to be a referee in jail, Mm -hmm. I went out to the uh, Carlton uh, Giants match the other night or yes. the other day. Very pleasant afternoon, fine afternoon and so on. Yep. A lot of Carlton supporters here, maybe even more Carlton supporters than there were Giants supporters. Really? 
And I got to thinking about the umpires and the problem umpires have had because that morning that mm. uh, or on that weekend in the Good Weekend um, magazines, they'd done a big expose, a big think piece about AFL umpires. Mm. And after the match, the uh, or before the match, the uh, umpires came on and did what could only be described as a sort of a warm-up. But it looked like part interpretive dance, part sort of camaraderie bonding session. We're doing silly things all together. A couple of blows. A couple of blows. blowing. Yeah, a couple of blows to warm up blows. Mm. And uh, then at the end, the afterwards, and I've got to be honest here, there was some refereeing, umpiring howlers in the match. Mm. Not that that altered the result, I don't think. That would be a layperson looking at it, Mm -hmm. Uh, not understanding the rules ever of AFL. Mm. Uh, So what happened was at the end, the players, the Giants snuck off waiting to farewell their coach. Well, the snucks, the, the, the Giants were bashed up, weren't they? They were. They lost, yeah. yeah. They lost uh, maybe by about 30 <coughs> points, not a huge loss. Uh, <coughs> and the Carlton people mm. came over to the area in which the Carlton supporters, which was most of the oh, yes. Oval and shook hands <coughs> and did selfies, selfies and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Good. Got to me thinking, why, why don't we have the same sort of thing for umpires? Mm. Because the... Breakdown between communication between <clears throat> umpires yeah. and fans could be solved immediately with a few easy steps. Now, yeah. the thing that's going on at the moment is no one's got a clue about the rules, so who cares what the rules are in particular detail? So what we've got is we've got two teams opposing and the improvis- improvisational variable, I'm going to call it, is created by the umpires. In other words, both <coughs> teams know what they've got to do, yeah. but the variation of when you can do it is... The umpires at work. So you've got this idea that, well, they're averagely similar teams. There's not a huge difference, but all of a sudden when the umpire steps in, lopsided free kick count, etc. Now, this gets fans offside. So I'm thinking that maybe begin at the beginning, you know, the umpires come in and they have a banner mm-hmm. celebrating. Let's say Wally's having his 50th and Samantha's having a 100th and stuff. They're all put up on there in some catchy phrase. Blow you that know, whistle, ref. That'll do. Blow that... Yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, okay. some sort of catchy phrase changing. <coughs> so they yeah. run through that. They do their interpretive dance warm-up, which I think should be more choreographed rather than just ten bits flying all over the place. Sure. Get it together. And then after the match, <coughs> after the match, they blow away. There's a section of time given over for the lap of honour appropriately named for the umpires. Yes. Uh, I mean, you may be able to come up with a better term than the lap of honour. Now, sure, I understand. You know, it's going to be a lot of abuse for the first 50 years. People mm. won't like it. I get that. I understand that. Mm. People will shout and scream at the referee, yeah, etc. But eventually, we'll see them as just another part of the game, mm. another part of the game that needs to be understood and sympathetic. So they might be able to encourage this by picking out a couple of kids in the crowd and giving them whistles maybe uh, shorts or shoes or stuff like that and mm. it'd be great to see umpires running around in their underpants, etc. Sure. all those sort of things, old tricks. Yep. Uh, they get people thinking. And then what happens is selfies and after all that sort of stuff, all that aggro calms down mm. and we see them for what they really are, a, you know, a improvisational variable mm. in the game of football. Yes. I, 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 it ticks a lot of boxes to my mind, HG. You know, I've, I've always had the view that uh, referees and umpires... I've always seen them as like conductors of an orchestra. Perfect. Yes, perfect. Well, I think Bill Harrigan was very the yeah, old yeah. The guy who could fly MIG plane. Sure. And sure. referee rare double. Yeah. Yeah. So like so if you see each of the players as an instrument that you are conducting. 
Right. Um, so take a game like last night, the... the, the Dogs um, and uh, Tigers. Uh, yeah. Or the other one. The Parramatta and uh, Seagulls. And Seagulls. Mm-hmm. Beautifully, um, beautifully controlled by the referee, I thought, really conducted nicely because... It was only in the last couple of minutes or that, that, that knew who the winner was going yeah. to be. So, so it perfect. maintained that perfect tension all the way through. Sure, you know, he, there were some variables, things he had to do, you know, send someone off. Um, <laughs> put them on report. Put them on report, that, yeah. that sort of to thing. To get there. To get there, yes. Yeah. But yes. that was right down But to, that uh, made for spectacular entertainment. Yeah. And we come, I take your point entirely. I think that the AFL players are very mindful that they practice Rehearse, can yeah. I put it that way, during the week. So it's on the weekend they can put on a show. Oh, good. That's very common. Yeah, well, that's that's, yeah, that's the way to view it. Exactly. That's the way exactly. to look at it. Exactly. Yes. yes. So I take your point is that if <clears> They're you... an ensemble, a travelling ensemble of uh, of acrobatic performers. Yes, they put up their tent, do the show and move do on. Do the show and move on. And then they exactly. don't turn, look back. They don't look back. They that's can't right. look back. That's Otherwise right. Otherwise they drown in a, you know, a pit sure. of despond. Sure. Well, that's what's been missing from the dogs at the moment, isn't it? From the from the uh, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, they're that they're not enjoying the idea that they are a performing troupe. Correct, correct. There's no sort of we're here today. And I don't know if Mick Potter's the one to bring that sense of show business is what we're looking for <clears throat> to the dogs because at the moment the dogs haven't got a show. They they, they don't have yeah, their no, roles. I, I, I get that. I get that. They're not I performing think you're right. Absolutely right. So maybe the the idea of Willie Mason stepping in, a known performer. Yeah, perfect. At the highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could cast around for a few similarly minded people to come and join him at the dogs. Yes. Because, you know, let's face it, I mean, Gus is a performer. It's just sad. Oh, Gus is a performer, yes. And he's got that side of it worked out. You know, the sort of the rave and the paper. It's all on message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very well done. And then, of course, this relieves the burden or changes the burden Mm. of the whole relationship between win-loss, you know, percentage and stuff like that. You can still have finals and all that sort of stuff between the best teams, best, you know, best, you know, I was going to say perform team, but Mm. we're redefining performance. We are. Uh, at the end of the year. At the end of the year, exactly, exactly. But I do like the idea of re- of the referees and umpires being acknowledged formally and for the crowd to have the opportunity, um, maybe, if they, maybe if they, you know, sat on a lounge or say a lounge is brought out at the end of a match and they sit on the lounge and anyone can go up and sit with them and have a photograph taken. <laughs> As last season's The Zombie Apocalypse awaits collection on bin night, we are now in the season of Grope 754. The Watchmen of Faith have seen off the dreaded Fafitas and declared peace in the galaxy's faraway cluster on bludging on the blind side. Uh, Roy, a bit of an update on when the uh, 360 started. Have you got that? Did yes. You that? Uh, the Rugby League 360 show on Fox began in March 2013. Now, right. that's well after ago. Braith. Finished up. Finished up. So well have, after. Yeah, so, but you see, he was saying that to about an imaginary show that he would then yeah, host. Right. And so he's practising his lines. Hello, everyone. I'm Braith and Astor. Welcome to Rugby League. All right. That's so he didn't say welcome to Rugby League 360. 
He's as quoted in the as article. The, yeah. Well, you know, wonder rugby league journalists are hated. Yes. They get things wrong all the time. Yes. That's but, a basic fact that he's wrong. Yeah. Now, if Braith said that himself as part of his story, he's yeah. got to be pulled up on that. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute, Braith. Yeah, we only started in 2013. Yeah. Well, I look, I just say that. Is that when Yvonne Sampson joined the show? No, I don't. Or does think she so. join it later? I think later, but right. um, they've had a few hosts there. Right. Because it'd be a top job. I suppose it would be. Well, it. isn't it their, their top show? The, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Now, I can't think of a more important rugby league show. No. At all. But does the man of feathers go on it and people like I that? I suppose so. Yeah. Abdo? Yeah. You see Bubba? Oh, he, he would, yeah. Yeah. I suppose. Now. Just for a grilling. For a grilling. <laughs> <coughs> from a turn <coughs> with the tongs from Braith. Yeah. Now, look, the NRL has laid down a marker for excessive involvement from trainers on the field during the Eels' con- uh Finding the Eels over a controversial incident in their win over title favourites Penrith early this month. Parramatta, you think, oh, well, this is going to be really heavy and though Parramatta won't be able to do anything for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Parramatta received a breach notice proposing a $5,000 fine. Whoa, $5,000 fine. I just thought that was nothing. Yeah. Uh, after uh, a blue-shirted trainer, Stephen Murphy, sprinted in front of the goalposts as Nathan Cleary attempted to sideline conversion in a two-point loss at Bluebet Stadium. Cleary kicked straight just to the right of the upright, so yeah. it worked. But can I ask, mm. uh, was he asked what the f- he was doing there? Yeah, I don't know. And could it... I, I did notice myself. I didn't look right to me. No. It looked like... He had other yeah. ulterior motives. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. There was a time in rugby union, it may still be the case, HG, that when you run into kick it goal, the team, the opposing team standing around the goal line can run at you. Right. I think that's... To still, put, try and put you off. Yeah, well, up until recently you could do that in AFL as well. Ah. Just calmed right down because right. of the... Uh, Which was always an attractive thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now, the uh, the runner who did this, Steve Murphy, Murphy, one of Brad Arthur's assistant coach, has an exemplary record over many years and was back running water uh, and instructions from the sideline in the Eels' clash. Right. Cleary's cook would have, kick would have given the Panthers a 16-10 buffer against the Eels but instead proceeded a Parramatta fight back. Yeah. It is the only game Penrith have lost through the opening 10 rounds of this year and snapped their nearly mm. three-year, 21-game winning streak at home. Yeah. NRL Chief Executive Abdo mm. will consider the Eels' response to the breach notice as the game celebrated its third stage in a magic round. Right. That was last week. Yeah, obviously. last week. So Do we know what the response was? No. From, it's, uh, yeah, it's always nerve-wracking because we can't control... Oh, that's yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah, right yeah. At Magic round. Surprise. Mm. Now, I, I just found that... Do odd. we think that uh, Murphy... Um, was there malice of forethought there? Or do you think he just didn't, he just forgot or didn't realise that he was in the way and could have been a distraction? Well, that's what I mean. What's his, what's what's his, his role? Who yeah, was he taking role? water to at the time? Yeah, and who's questioning? Because <clears throat> he's normally question. incredibly professional. Yeah. You know, a player puts a hand up indicating I wouldn't mind a sip. Yeah. He's there on the spot. I know. Out he goes. Very quickly. Out he goes. And, <clears throat> you know, What's right away here? Mm. Should the water have been delivered before yeah. because people can die? How desperate was yeah, the exactly. player for water? And could he have held his hand up and say, <clears throat> you know... I'll be with you after the kick. Yeah, that's right. I'll be, yeah. He could have said that. Well, 
look, I reckon I reckon maybe a stop go <laughs> sign or a neon flashing stop go sign to indicate yes. I'm coming on. Yes. Just hold everything. Yes. Or, and, or maybe some sort because of Because they're not <clears> gonna be <throat> out there for hours. No. I mean, some might be out there for twenty minutes, but that's a separate thing. <clears throat> yeah. Or some horn goes off to indicate yes. that the kick's about to be taken. And, the kick and another is, horn goes off after the kick's, t- kick's taken. I think that's either one of those. <laughs> yeah. The league's got to look at it. They I do. I mean, they, it's amateur hour. They do. And the people would look forward to the horn, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> Steam. You asked for it and now the tap is turned on. The Matthew Lodge Fitness Centre now features the Volandi Steam Room right next door to the Noodle Stool Boxing Studio at the Wattsford Oval Complex. Membership free to all bludgers on the blind side. Now, mentioning Matthew Lodge, there's another case. Yeah. Matthew Lodge, a he's warrior. He's decided he's not going to be a warrior anymore. Yeah, but it seemed to be at the end of the week. Yeah. I mean, How does that work? I've what does a contract mean anymore? Exactly. Exactly. What does a contract mean? Yes. No wonder mace can get a job with the dogs. Yeah. It's the reverse of that. Just walk yeah. in, th- oh, I'll have a game, I think, now. Yeah. Now, yeah. Speaking- it, just, it just makes a mockery of the law. It does. It does. Now, speaking of that, this is the reverse of that. Rugby Australia, you know, the people who run the uh, old gold fruit and nut side, yeah. is set to reignite the code war with rugby league, declaring it will try and poach some of the NRL's best talent leading up to the home World Cup in 2027. Wow. Code war. I hate a code war. Now, <laughs> uh, in 2003, Lottie mm-hmm. Takiri, Wendell Saylor and Matt Rogers, yes. all players with rugby league credentials and impeccable rugby league credentials, yes. ended up playing for the Wallabies. They did. They weren't the old gold fruit and nut then because no. they were sponsored by somebody else. Somebody else. They might have been Qantas. Could have. Uh, pro- quite possible. I think they were Qantas. But I don't think they did particularly well. The team, the team, they weren't world beaters with those players. They finished second, didn't they? Second, did they? You know, Wilkinson knocked Well, that's not a world final. beater. That's no, second. second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wilkinson beat them with the boot, remember? Yeah, he did. Now, um, the Herald, uh, sorry, the nine newspapers, should I say, I don't know where the Herald came from. That was just an aberration. That mm. sneezed me mm. messing with my head. Now, they're going to set up a future fund of $100 million from the profits of the uh, Rugby World Cup. Right. And speaking from uh, Dublin before boarding, the f- boarding a flight back to Australia, the boss said, uh, you know, this would be to encourage people to swap codes. Now, could this so be... So that's a war chest. A war chest. Yeah, they've got a war chest going. For this code war. Code war. Now... Could this Just be... Just at a time when we're trying to bring, build the, the ring of rugby league around the, the, around rugby. the Pacific. Exactly. I couldn't have put it better myself. Now, right. people are saying, you know, wouldn't it... Uh, you know, the players aren't going to drift off, you know, the wonderful game, with tribalism, passion, wonderful support base here. Yes. We've got clubs that have unprecedented investment into the centres of excellence, new stadiums, when professional athletes make a choice about where they play, they take a lot of things into consideration. This is the league talking about how players won't go. We certainly aren't uh, are confident. We have systems in place to attract and develop talent. We continue to do that. The trouble is the contracts are, you know, anybody can walk yeah. through a contract. Sure. Uh, are the so, contracts just as silly with uh, rugby unions? They are rugby league. I suppose. Well, they, they have that they problem. Are. Yeah, well, they have that problem of Japanese yeah. uh, outs and all that sort of stuff, and they can their restraint of trade's a big problem. That's right. You know those sort of clauses yeah. coming out of the pandemic. We're going to see international game re- revitalised. That's the league. We have a World Cup this year in the UK. 
Yes. I hope that's right. Uh, we have a Pacific doubleheader coming up in June. Good. We're working on an international calendar in October and November yep. uh, uh, on an annual basis. If, you, if you're a, a rugby league player, you have a lot to look forward to. It's a pretty compelling time proposition. Now, now yeah, right. do you think some of the 14,000 missing from rugby league? They've gone to rugby union. Yeah. You well, know, I don't going... think so because our rugby union stocks have never been poorer, have they? No, no. I mean, Australian rugby union has been a joke. So much so that Qantas... Have given up. Gave up. Yeah. And Cadbury's came in. Yeah. I mean... I know. Enough said. Enough said. Climate change. Global pandemic. World War Three. Thank God there is still Rugby League and bludging on the blind side. Couple of text items. Uh, yes, look, it's been confirmed that Braith and Astor played with the West Tigers until 2014. Yes. So, so this show was into this, its first year. Yeah. And Braith was still playing. Yeah, so, so, so it's conceivable. He could practice the he line. He could practice the line. Welcome to Rugby League 360. Uh, I'm Braith and Astor. Yeah. You know, when you think about practicing that line, could you mm-hmm. over practice that line? I don't think so. I don't think so because you want it. You you want it to be like a, a reflex. Yeah, you want it just yeah. perfect. You don't want it cause. You it. don't want to have to overthink it. Yeah, you don't want to. Th- you don't need to think because you, you're too worried. The red light's there. I know, and it's on. It's on. Yeah, and the lights and yeah. If you've got to put all that problem in the makeup and what's the running order, what's the first item, whom I'm talking, what's the first question, whom I'm talking to, etc. There's yeah. a lot to think about. There is a lot to think about. Now, someone is suggesting HG that the rugby league museum. Mm. Uh, should have footage of uh, the great Laurie Nichols, you may recall. Oh, yeah, the singlet. The singlet guy. Yeah. Uh, I think he used to travel as well, HG, to uh, uh, when the Kangaroos toured Great Britain. Uh, he would go with them and uh, in the English winter, in the in the Turn up icy in the conditions, yeah. would still stay in the singlet. Yeah. Oh, you know, he's a... He they was don't remarkable. Have many, they don't have they many don't, more. Yeah. No, no, there's none of them left. No. Yeah. No, and no. He, I think he travelled, he lived out of Sydney. And Did he? Catch the and train got the, the train in. Yeah, I think that's right, train, HG. Yeah. yeah, every weekend. Yeah, to see the Tigers play. He'd bring the singlet into town. Yeah, clean. And, and clean. Put and stand around the sideline, boxing sort of thing, making yeah. boxing movements. Moves. Yeah, shadow yeah. boxing. Yes. Yeah. Great entertainer. <laughs> um, Limited act. Well, I know, but, 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 different but, but the players loved it. Yeah, they loved it. They the players loved saw it. Saw him a talisman. Yeah, they did. If they, he they wasn't did. there, Laurie Nichols wasn't there. That's right. Did he ever play? I, I can't help you, HG. No. I, 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 hope, I hope he did. Hmm. His love of rugby league must have come from somewhere. True, true, true. Now, just on the swimming championships, we haven't had a chance to do as much as this as we might have liked, but mm. Chalmers, and I don't want to get caught up in the love triangle problem. I mean, sure, you know, I mean, these are swimmers. These are fit Look, people. The the love triangle doesn't worry me at all. No. While ever we're breaking records. Thanks. Well, ever, well, ever we're putting those numbers down, yes. down, down. Yeah. Thanks yeah. very much, Stan. Yeah. quite. In fact, a little bit of competition like this could be healthy. It could. It could. Motivation. Motivation. Look what I've done, babe. That's well, well you know, we can only assume that, uh, that uh, Kyle put in an extra effort. To knock out. To knock out. Cody from, from qualifying, yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, I was more concerned by the um, 
Well, Kyle Chalmers, uh, freestyle great, 100 metres uh, gold in Rio, yes. silver in Tokyo. Yep. It, it, the physical toll exacted by elite swimming, mm. saying he is prepared for a life where he can't lift his arms above his head due to his burned out shoulders. Really? I mean, you, uh, you know, know how difficult it is for a tennis player. Yes. But he's swimming, yeah. and he's 23. I mean, he's got a long way to go. Uh, Chalmers but he hasn't had shoulder reconstructions or anything? No, he? he hasn't. Chalmers detailed the chronic pain mm. he endured over the past two and a half years as he underwent two shoulder surgeries. Oh. Sorry, a lie. Right. <laughs> that was sudden. Yeah. Uh, and relentless list of rehab, cortisone injections, and daily anti-inflammatories. Oh, oh man, no. that's not good. That's no good. None of that's good for you. He's been poorly advised, I would suggest. And I would suggest as well that his technique in the water someone needs has examination. To, yeah, no, has he been has coached? Has someone had a look at his style? Oh, that's a good question. Um, because you, can, you can't swim without shoulders. You can't. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. And what's weird is he could have been a dual code uh, athlete. He was great at AFL. Was he's he? Of, yeah. He could have uh, turned out for the Not Port with Power. Dickie Shoulders. No, not with Dickie Shoulders. No, he's gone in that job. Now. He was just uh, 0.06 short of American superstars dresslers in Co- Tokyo. Yeah. Seems even more remarkable given the struggles he's undergone in daily life where he's simply, where simply driving a car or drinking a coffee has elicited grimaces and pain, let alone thundering down the pool at near record pace. Oh, man. Wait for it. This is the upside. Yet it's a toll the 23-year-old says must be paid if he's retained his place as the world's premier sprinters and forge a path to Paris Olympic Games in 2024 where he could sign off uh, a brilliant career with a win in Rio and maybe gold again. Right. Now, the last two and a half years have been frustrating with the shoulders, injuries day in, day out. It's the stuff away from the pool that affects me. I can't sleep on my shoulders. Oh, hang on a minute. How does he sleep? How does he sleep? Does he sleep in the sitting position? Oh, no. That's not good for you. Driving, drinking coffee, everything lifting my shoulders above my head. Uh, he couldn't How play does he tennis. go putting a key in a door when he's – he must struggle with that as well. He would. He'd have to have somebody open it for him. Yes. Now, it, if it was just uh, the two or four hours a day I was in the pool, it wouldn't be fine, but yeah. you just can't turn – you just can't get away from him. I'm turning 24 next month. I feel like I'm 40. Oh. I think I'll, I'll push on through to Paris and see where my mind and body are at. Right. I think when I'm done with swimming, I won't be able to lift my shoulders above my head, but – I'll do what I can and take it from there. Jeez, that's very And this is the bloke who's taking on a whole new type of swimming now. Well, he's... I would have thought the... He's dropping out of the um, of the one that caused him the most pain. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm just lost the plot here. Is he swimming freestyle? He does swim free, freestyle. But that's the one that's difficult. But Cody is the... Butterfly. He's the butterfly, but Kyle has taken on butterfly. Because the shoulders are so stuffed with the other one. But go figure. But but butterfly is much harder on your shoulders than than, than the Australian crawl. Yeah, maybe where the the arms are placed in the body. He's saying you can't do this. Right. He's he's demonstrating hands above the head. Sorry for those who are at home who can't see. Right. Well, okay, but even with his buggered shoulders, he's faster than Cody. Is that the point? That's the point. That's the point. Mm. Mm. Imagine what it's like to... I wonder it, what Emma's making of all of this. Well, I'd love to think I know, hope she'd have a position on I it. I suppose she would have a position. She, she And I take advise. your point. Surely they should look at how he goes through the water yeah. and try and work out a way of 
Because as you know, swimmers are always fiddling about with stroke. We know this from, we know this. from talking to swimmers over yep. a long period of yep. time. Yep. They're always working on strokes they and new are. improvements, double kicks, triple kicks, yep. no kicks, et cetera. Yep. Side, trying to get the body in the right yep. position in the water. Maybe he needs some sort of hmm. expert, you know, yes. in those flow tanks and stuff like that that they have where you can chart the water across the body and yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. I mean, very maybe. exacting science. Or maybe, maybe... This is all a beat-up. Ah, to put Dressler yeah, to or whoever, whoever, new type Dresslers, off their stroke. Yeah. I will say this about Cole Chalmers says Maybe he, he's looking for sympathy. He's looking for someone to reach out, someone who might offer him a little bit of comfort. Ah, wow, that's devious, but I like it. <laughs> devious? Yeah. Well, you know, in the, this... I think more devious is taking on a stroke to keep oh, well. the other bloke out of the team. Kyle Chalmers says he shouldn't be cast as the villain after declaring he would consider lining up in the FINA World Championship in Budapest later in this year in a move that could abruptly burst the bubble of former pop star Cody Simpson. Yeah. Meaning in the fly, of Yeah, course. meaning he can't go. He won't be in the team. He won't be in the team, yeah. Well, I mean, swimmers. Swimmers cunning as. I yeah, know, incredibly cunning. Cunning as. It, it does give you an idea of how much effort goes in. But it's a beautiful story because he's prepared to sacrifice his shoulders for love. Oh, wow. Or engage his shoulders for love. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be great? If... There's a film in it. I know. There's a well, film in it. Yeah. Tortured Australian. Yeah. But... Yeah. Kyle, you're mad. You can't do the butterfly. What are you trying to do? I'm, he's not going on that team. I'm, I yeah, won't I, let him I'm in do, that team. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, prepared to sacrifice my shoulders. I don't want him in the team. Hey, doing it for Emma. I'm doing it for her. Yeah. Yeah. Eh? Well, now you're talking. I mean, that's going to take a, I mean, uh, gee, I wish uh, Bruce was still calling. Yeah. Only somebody like Bruce could d- yeah. ring, the, ring the whole yeah. story, the whole. Sure. You know, what was he going to say, you know... But I think it's up to women to say, enough of this. Enough of this. You, you're, you're a freestyler. For, but, forget the butterfly. Cody, you're a butterfly, okay? How come it all falls onto Emma? Well, the voice of common sense. <laughs> Surely. Yeah, sure. I've forgotten all about that. Because we're not that. getting any sense out of, you know, yeah. Kyle or Cody. None. And is that ambition of uh, Cody's, you know, mm-hmm. the double... Yeah. ...pop idol and... Australian swimmer. Yeah. You know, rare double. It is a very rare double. And and there must be a lot of people in the team who don't like it so much. Right. Who might be a little bit jealous. Right. Uh, but there's no suggestion he's got an easy ride because he's oh, a no. No, no, no. Full marks to the boat. Oh, yeah, I, no, I no, take I my hat off to him. Yeah. No, I had my hat off to him when I arrived this morning. You said, yeah. where's your hat? Why yeah. haven't you got it on? I said, oh, you know, because of Kobe. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> And as we put the hats back on, it's time to say farewell from the bludge for another week. Remember, the podcast will be up pretty soon. And, uh, of course, I hope if you've uh, not voted yet, no. remember, you know, you have to do it by 6 o'clock. Happy voting. Yeah, <laughs> from the Happy Rugby League Central. Uh, we'll see you next week with more Bludgy on the Blind Side. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.